Hi, it's Alex again from the Remote Work Life Podcast. I hope you're well, wherever you may be in the world. I have yet another special guest today with me. I have Rowena Hennigan. And Rowena is a remote work skills expert. And she's got unique experience of designing and delivering university accredited courses in that subject. She's passionate about well-being in remote work, which is what we all need, especially in organisations. It's obviously vital, and she views that as vital in effective operations, and I couldn't agree more. She is the employee um, programs remote expert for two large insurance companies. Now, Rowena works 100% remote from Spain. I'd love to be there right now. And she's founded two fully remote companies herself. She's founded Row Remote and Rise, which is R-I-S-E in capital letters. So Rise, which is all about emotional intelligence and she's of course a seasoned digital nomad. Rowena I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and you're very welcome. Thanks Alex and thanks for the fabulous introduction it's lovely to join you today. No it's wonderful that first conversation we had uh, a couple of weeks ago because I met uh, Rowena we were met via LinkedIn I believe it was I I met via referral somebody recommended you to the show and I thought let me have a look so I I looked and I'd I'd heard of you before and you're somebody who is well known in the world of remote work and very much a pioneer I would have said within the world of remote work so what I really want to know is how did you come to be the remote work expert that you are today? Uh, I guess it started back in 2007. I was working with a telecommunications company in Ireland, in the west of Ireland, who are now known as Avaya, but back then, Alex, they were called Nortel. And I was part of a global team, and we were allowed, you know, we were enabled <laughs> to work remotely. It was the early days of things like Microsoft Communicator and early communication tools. And I worked a lot between the UK and Ireland. And I started working, as I said, on a virtual team then, and it really opened my mind to it. And around that time as well, I did some traveling, and I began to realize that I could work virtually. And it wasn't complete remote work as we know it now, because it was in its early stages. But that was my first taster. And then fast forward on to around 2012, I was pregnant with my daughter and living in Dublin. And yeah, I started to work a little bit from home on a couple of the the, the contracts I had at the time. And uh, that, you know, with you have children, but when you have kids or when you're moving into family life, remote work is really flexible. It really supports you. And it was something that I thought, this is great. I'm leaning on this skill, this way of life again. I'm really interested in it. It's, It's part of my passion. And as I was working through those in a kind of hybrid model, as we call it now, with two contracts, I began to notice some of the skills you need to work remotely. I, my background is in marketing, communications, and psychology, and I was really interested in how we communicated virtually, how we made our intentions clear, how uh, how we self how we were self leaders, self managers as individual remote workers, and then a big life change happened for me, and it's a big part of my story. My daughter, around the age of one, developed quite bad asthma, chronic asthma, in fact. So those first uh, couple of years of her early life were very stressful, to the point where myself and my husband moved to Spain. 
because we were seeking out drier climate mm-hmm. for her. And, and, and that is where I suddenly really, really, it was like the life lesson to go. Remote work has enabled me, first of all, enabled me to keep my career going with a very sick child. And I can flash back to 2014 and 15, surviving on very, such low levels of sleep for over nearly three years in total, but managing to work a little bit flexibly with my in the two contracts I had then, and then being able to change my whole life and move to Spain with my family and enable my daughter's health uh, uh, because of being, using, <laughs> taking advantage of, appreciating the remote work way of life. And in my introduction, you said, I, I, I'm a digital nomad now. I have a confession. I'm a wannabe digital nomad. It's a bit mm-hmm. different, difficult with a, with a young child. But I still love to travel. I have I go to Bali. I work from there because I have family there. I've been to France because I have family there and work from there. When I go back to Ireland, it's the same. So it's a way of life for me. And I am really, really appreciative and grateful to remote work as a way of life and a way of thinking and a way of working because it really kept me sane when I needed it and kept me working Alex Uh, and that's why I'm so passionate about it and you said on actually counted about two or three times which you said it's a way of life and it's um I couldn't agree more and it's 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 a way of life that and by the from the sounds of what you've just said it's it's enabled you it's again it's an enabler it enables you to build the life that you want and that you need it's helped you to to move out to to spain to help your daughter to be able to apply your expertise wherever you may be in the world at the same level that you would do or probably even better than you would do if you were in an office and you've built a a great career and now you're advising people on on um, on remote work and exactly exactly you, I mean, you mentioned the traveling. I mean, and in fact, maybe what we should say at the top of the show as well is that a bit of a disclaimer in the sense that we're certainly not in a kind of a, a normal situation as things stand at the moment. This by no means, and I keep saying this because lots of people are still conflating the, the two, but um, this is us being forced to work from home. This is not remote work. So there are constraints, as Rowena was saying, about her ability to travel and all those other sorts of things, but no, I mean it sounds like you've been able, you are have been able to um, build a, a great life for yourself. Um, you've you've got your clients now as well across the world. Where are your clients uh, distributed? So I have clients in Europe. I have some international work as well uh, in with the states. Um, I mean, I choose. I'm a solopreneur, and I have a. Uh, the other company you mentioned, Rise Emotional Intelligence, which is looking at services for corporates in emotional intelligence, uh, specifically for remote teams, virtual teams. And that's with uh, a, a co-founder, Sandra Thompson, out of the UK, who we've never met. OK, we founded the company in July and we've never met. Uh, Real Remote, my own consultancy service uh, and company, is, is it's mostly European, though, Alex, because I choose it that way because of time zones. So I want to make that clear as well. I do have some... Far, further off work but that's also the joy I mean time zones can be a challenge um, and as well as being uh, you know an advocate for remote work it's my own flavor of remote work I say to myself that I don't want to be on calls generally at 11 o'clock of, at night and because of the nature of my work consulting and training I would need to do that if I was working a lot with the states 
So for now, I would, I'm choosing that European zone, mm -hmm. which is more time zone friendly with the family. But that's all part of the values that go with this way of life to what you said. Mm -hmm. and, and taking that way of life and that purpose that it can bring to you because your priorities are often diff different. My, some of my priorities when my daughter was sick were forced on me. Uh, I didn't have the choice. I had to work in the couple of hours after I'd had, a, you know, in between naps or whatever. Whereas now I look at life differently and I look at those values and that purpose from that experience. And what's interesting, and thanks for reminding, because we can never forget it, we are living through such an exceptional, extraordinary time. What many people are doing, and even, you know, I did it for five months solid, is not through remote work. If you're confined in your home, <laughs> emergency home working, it's not the same. And you are restricted, you have stress, you have distractions, you have competing responsibilities. And what's interesting for me is as hard as this last year has been for everyone in different ways, it actually reminded me of those values. It actually brought back to me the importance of choosing flexible work to prioritize your work-life balance and well-being as an individual. And, and that, that's, that's why I'm so passionate as well about individual remote workers being aware of that for themselves and knowing that they can choose that. And that's another word you've used uh, quite often in this, and it's something that's applied to not just you, but many others in your situation. Choice, choosing, having the ability to choose, but at the same time, it, it doesn't detract from the, the you know the work and the, all that kind of thing. Having choice is, is, is so important, and y you've been able to, to build that in. But of course, it's been by no means easy going, I'm sure. And this kind of... Um, way of work as is you know when you're first starting out if you don't have even if you're, you're quite experienced anyway it can be it can have its demands can't it um what sort of challenges do you face when you were sort of starting out and i mean yeah how did you overcome those challenges i there is definitely a learning curve and there can be a learning curve particularly as a, a sort of in that freelance uh solopreneur model where you're dealing with different companies all the time so i'll give you an example at one point in june i was using 14 different video conferencing tools for a large presentation wow <laughs> okay of different ilks <laughs> some of them and i won't name names because i don't want to get in trouble i was like is that really what that does <laughs> and i would get the invite to the link and having to to i mean and obviously i'm 20 odd years were in my career so like us joking at the start Alex when some piece of technology doesn't work it's all about experience mm -hmm. but there was a steep learning curve when I started out remote, remote and established my company Row Remote in 2017 learning the tools understanding more about asynchronous communication the levels of remote work applying them to myself then looking around back then and trying to learn more about GitHub GitLab I mean, Andy Treba that you had on from Crossover would be someone that I, I have followed and admired and uh, I listened to the podcast, great podcast episode with him and so much to learn about how he's taken, for example, and other companies and other, um, other leaders in the space about how they were doing things in remote. So I have that challenge of learning. And then this year, that's been accelerated completely. So that challenge of keeping up to date and understanding 
what is out there in terms of remote work and the different maturity stages and models, but then applying it to your own personal or company or team situation. Obviously, that's something that's ongoing and you're always learning. And it's almost like you have to almost remind yourself that it's constantly evolving. But the good news for listeners is, and I'm sure you would agree, that the, the wealth and quality of information now is astounding in these recent months. And people can join in and learn so much quicker than someone, say, who was you know, trying to get into remote work five or ten years ago. There's a lot more easy, accessible information in the community to build up the YouTube videos, those how-to documents, all of that. So that, that was one of the challenges. The other challenge as well, and it's a known challenge within uh, the whole area of remote work, is that potential to overwork, which could lead into burnout. So if you're, so I mostly sit in my, I'm in my co-working space today. I do have my husband who's in an office near me, but I'm on my own in a physical, in-person sense most days. So I have to be my own boss in terms of hours, in terms of routine. And that's something that can also be a challenge. And it's one of the areas I'm really interested in as a remote worker, because you can feel that you are challenged or may have some difficulties in how you see that working day and those working hours. You know, I was, as, as you were talking there, I'm, I'm nodding away because I'm thinking to myself, that's something I experienced as well. That happened to me too. It's kind of, it's, it's amazing when you, you start to talk to other people, especially other people like you with your expertise and the fact you've worked remotely. And you've been, to, when you actually, when I was actually starting out, my learning went down, it just went down the pan back in 2009 because like, like you, you're saying, you, you have to be more deliberate about um, searching out for the, searching out the information, understanding what's current, and you know there's lots of information as you said, and there's sometimes quite a lot to actually trawl through on the internet. But yeah, I can I can really uh, understand that, and the overwork as well. That's something probably I still do. Um, and I think when we last spoke, I admitted to that, didn't I? When I was <laughs> when I was speaking you to did. you. But we're all human, and I mean I do it some days as well. Of course, we're all human, but it's that. It's having converse, open conversations like this because you maybe don't have that in. I mean, I've worked in in, in real teams, and I'm sure you ha- did as well before. You in real office spaces where someone might turn around and go, "Oh, you haven't had your lunch, Alex. Come yeah. on, let's go for lunch." Yeah. Sitting near you, we don't have that, and so how do we put in a framework or a support infrastructure around us? where we build our intention or our deliberate, uh, our deliberate intention to, to make sure we take our breaks, to make sure that we, we keep that balance. As I said, it won't be perfect every day, so don't beat yourself up about it, but in the main, and then what can we do? Like what you and I have been doing, just have chats, compare notes, what works for you, share openly, and then reach out into the virtual world because that's what I'm sure you'll know from the podcast as well. The community is so supportive. And you can reach out to people. And if there is something that's bugging you about your hours, about your maybe stress levels, whatever it may be, about feeling a little bit socially isolated, there's a lot of support out in the, the, in the remote work world in relation to that. And actually, in the show notes, there's a fabulous site called Meet Cafecito. I'm using my Spanish. Um, which is simply a site where you can meet other virtual workers for a coffee, for example. 
um, and, and and it's available uh, all the time, and you can you can match up on different interests. There's other things like that that you know people can lean into when they need to. They just need to know about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's so true, and I think. Uh, <clears throat> It's been very, I mean, you've been supportive. And like you said, when you reach out to other people, when I first started to reach out, in fact, the Remote Work Life podcast itself started because I was having that lack of learning or that lack of, um, you know, interaction. So I started to reach out to people and they started to give me information and then I started to share that information. And before you know it, you know, the podcast is born and I'm talking to you. And it just, I think the more conversations that you have is the more you kind of, obviously the wider your network go, grows and you feel better actually actually when I spoke to you that time when did we speak was it last week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I spoke to you I felt better after the conversation because I think like you said sometimes you tend to beat yourself up about certain things or you think you're not doing something right or you think you're the only person doing that thing but when you start to speak to other people it, it kind of it's a bit of a pressure release almost so I was really appreciative for that uh, appreciation you know, for that <laughs> my conversation. Pleasure. It was my really pleasure. But it's interesting. I mean, a lot of teachers, because at heart I'm a teacher and I, you know, I still lecture with the university, uh, you know, as you mentioned at the start and my other work that I might do. But fundamentally, I'm a teacher and people listening who relate to that, whether you're teaching your kids or you have a hobby that you teach something. There's a lot of teachers, I'm sure, listening because we, we teach things that we're not maybe aware of. It. But one of the beauties of being teaching is that you learn about something in another way yourself mm-hmm. when you when you share with someone and 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 for example with the self-care template we were talking through your 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 possible improvements in your self-care as a remote worker uh, Alex like I'm learning as well I'm reminding myself and it's one of the reasons I love doing the work on self-leadership because for remote workers and for organizations because it reminds me it makes me, when I, when I look at my calendar, go, yeah, I need to put another break in there or I'm going to go for an extra walk. And it's almost like preaching back to myself. So it's kind of selfish in a way. But I think, I, I, I think in general when we're knowledge workers on computers, and that's the main profile of everyone listening, I'm sure, to counteract the screen time, to counteract the potential oversaturation of on digital devices and screens, we need that quality human connection. We need to share, and we need to to explain honestly to people that you know about what we find helps us. Mm-hmm. And that we're kind of leading into the the whole idea of um, wellness. And I'm still myself understanding what's best for me physically, mentally. When it comes to wellness, Rowena, what what is your how do you define wellness and you know what kind of things does it encompass then because that's you mentioned part of it what does it encompass for a remote worker and so i personally for me so my understanding of wellness is being at peace with my whole self with my the holistic me so it's not just uh i get a little bit esoteric it's not just the physical body the mental the brain the intelligence uh, you know, it's also the spiritual, the soul, the whole lot for me. That's, you know, quite honest with you. That's the way I see my life. So, and I think it, people are struggling with that, even just if you think your intuition and when you're just not sure if something feels a little bit, you know, I'm not too good and I don't know why, which many of us often feel. And that's what I kind of mean by that intuition or soul or that part of you. And for me, it's been a piece in the main being okay in all those parts, right? Mm-hmm. 
And when I check in with myself, I'm sort of like, and it's not going to be perfect, but it's asking myself <laughs> in a little bit of self-talk, how am I? <laughs> Most days I try and do it intentionally. How am I physically? Oh, I've got a bit of a stiff back. So I'm going to stand at my standing desk mm -hmm. today. How am I mentally? I think I'm okay, but actually I've got a busy day, so I must make sure that I go out for lunch or I, I make sure I speak, have a proper conversation with my husband without my daughter around. And parents listening will know what I mean by that. <laughs> yes. With no interruption. I know what you mean by that, yes. <laughs> um, and then just my gut or my spiritual side, how, how is that? Does that feel, feel okay? And that part for me is to do with my values. And to do with me living you know, honestly, truthfully, authentically, all that stuff. And that's an important part. Uh, and living to my, why I chose remote work. And why I chose to set up, you know, a company where I could work from anywhere. Work that I could work from anywhere. So for me, that's my big picture on wellness. But Alex, yours could be really diff different. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to people where it's all about their physical. Right? Yeah. I've spoken to people where academics where it's all about their sort of intelligence mental okay so it's personal it's very personal we can have a general idea of it what i'm more interested in is asking people to look at that for themselves got you and is that i mean the wellness you, you mentioned also as well when we were talking uh, previously the holistic individual worker yeah. And that is yes. that part of that then? Could you describe yes. what you mean by yes. the holistic so Holistic is, so holistic worker, holistic is a word that you might hear used in medicine. And what it means is that if you go to the GP and you have a sore throat, they'll ask you about the sore throat, for example, right? If you go to a holistic practitioner, normally they're in the alternative space, they'll ask how you are generally. They'll talk about your mood. They'll ask questions about nutrition. They look at the big picture, the holistic person, because they, they think that that one symptom is only one part of the, the, the solution, it, mm -hmm. right? And that, that, I mean, that's where the term, my term holistic worker comes from. And that's what we bring actually completely as remote workers, normally in the normal model where you're working separately from that physical connection to a company or to colleagues. Yes, you might be in a co-working. Yes, you might be sharing a space. But you're maybe on your own from that perspective. So how are you holistically? Because especially if you're only working from home, we need to care about work-life balance. We need to care about fatigue. We need to care about screen time. Because otherwise, they, your whole, because your home and your life are together, the whole holistic person is going to be affected as that worker in the home. So that... That's what I understand by, and that's why I ask. I often, I often hope that people will see the bigger picture. Now, the other thing to add to that is what I've noticed since we've all gone fully emergency remote is it, we're all being much more open in these virtual worlds. We're we're sharing what we think. We're we're sharing our home lives. Exactly. In general, you're getting a view into someone's kitchen, sitting room, bedroom chaos, whatever it may be. So that is the full person really, isn't it? It is much, it might not be everything. I'm not saying that we don't have to have a privacy or a private part, but I think through this, what's happening to us as a world, as a, you know, a global population of workers, that's what's happened. The holistic person has been brought to work and a lot of company missions would say, bring your whole self to yes. work. And it's, uh, it's idealistic to a point, but I still think that it's nice because it's human-centered. 
it's the full worker and the full person that comes to work. And for me, that's why I use it in 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 some of my teaching and some of my in a lot of my work because I I believe we have to care about the whole person. Yeah, I think we do. And you're right. I mean, lots of the experts, CEOs from remote business I've spoken to, they've all mentioned similar sorts of words to you. You know, being human centered, bringing yourself your whole self to work being truthful as well not truthful to the point that you're bearing all but you you know you have to be truthful in, in the sense that or at least you know build that trust between each other and how can you do that that's by obviously the, the way you work but also um, letting them have an understanding for example of your home life so that it can be more you know adapt to how you are so yeah I think this this the situation that we're in will probably actually we'll probably begin to separate the leaders who are you know human centered from those who are who are not you know because you you have to have that empathy don't you as well to exactly understand different people's scenarios exactly. and adapt exactly and and then you know and it's exactly what i try to do even through my conversation with sharing that personal how how remote work as a ethos way of life is so personal to me because it is because of my my life experience with my daughter and and that I had no choice during those two years but to be bring the real me to the situation because that was what what I was faced with Mm -hmm. and a lot of people there's a lot more authenticity people being real coming through but I really like that point and I really want to want to highlight what you said because I've heard it too from C-suite I've heard it coming through from years that that human centre, that more, and I hope that's the case, Alex, because leaders who can share a bit more vulnerably and openly, it can make all the difference. It really, really can, in terms of team dynamics. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. And talking about dynamics of a team, I think, was, was it you who told me in, in that conversation as well, when it comes to supporting each other, as well it's so much more if you're working in a remote team or if you have if you have a distributed team or work within a distributed team you have to have that support of each other anyway you have to understand each other work together um, and what I've seen it normally happens quite naturally within again within remote teams that that support network and building that support network um, up um, but if you don't for me, when again, when I first started out, I probably didn't have that network that I should have had. That built up over time, and I was again quite deliberate about about building it up. So that honestly, for me, and what prompted that post on LinkedIn, the post I link, I posted a post on LinkedIn about burnout just the other day, and quite a few people have actually um, um, actually seen that post now. I became burnt out because, and the signs for me was, you know, I was feeling tired. I was, you know, my, my rate of work wasn't what it was. I wasn't productive, as you, could, you might say. I was probably isolating myself deliberately as well. Those were some of the giveaway signs for me. Rowena, I mean, I know there aren't typical giveaway signs, but are there any sort of signs that you see generally that are signs of, um, signs of burnout or that you're not going as well as you should be going? So it's interesting because we can only see, we need to notice those signs from a baseline or a foundation. Mm -hmm. So say Alex is normally quite chatty or there's this, this and this that we know about working with Alex. 
in a mm-hmm. team, then obviously if there's any change in that, that would be a sign. Mm-hmm. And a good colleague or a good manager would reach out and say, oh, you haven't had your video on on calls, you know, you know or whatever, and, and, and sort of <laughs> tweak that out, okay? Mm-hmm. And look. But so, th- so that would be what I would advise people to look at those little, those little changes in behavior, okay? But also be brave. Have those honest conversations in your direct network of a team. Why not do what, you know, so you've told me honestly there, Alex. Alex, thanks for sharing that. I'll know to keep an eye out in the future. It's good to know that when you experienced that before, these are the things that happened. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you think I should know so that I can support you about if you're feeling a little bit stressed or overworking? You share with me. You ask me back. I mean, so this some of this does happen naturally, but part of the work I do is working with teams to help them have those conversations and practice through a type of role play. Because um, you've been around since 2009, you probably would know maybe how to do that, how to share, how to, but other people may not, or it may not be something they're comfortable with. So. To summarize those two points, look for a change in behavior and then maybe check in, okay, and ask. And then also, why wait for being reactive? Be proactive. Kick off a conversation with the people that are in your team. Is there anything, you know, I need to know? Are you, Not the, hey, how are you? Hey, I'm okay. No, tell me, are you really? It, how could you be okay? You're homeschooling. We're in a pandemic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> etc and and just tell me what's the three crap things today you know or whatever and people will answer you believe me right mm-hmm. and you'll start that open dialogue but if you have that kind of open conversation it can lead into a good supportive colleague or a good leader or whatever going and how can we support each other what could I do for you what are the signs Alex if there are those signs how can I help you and just chat it through it's not really obvious but it does have to be intentional. And hopefully people listening, that will resonate with them as a way of approaching that conversation. And you mentioned another um, word that I've, I'm hearing quite often and have used myself quite often, is, and that is intent. It's important to have intent where your self-care is concerned. And again, I, you know, go, going back to myself and our initial conversation, um, I was talking to you about how my self-care is lacking at the moment or was lacking and I didn't really have or stick to any sort of plan or any sort of activities and we started to talk about having a self-care plan and you've sent sent a self-care plan in fact what I'll do is obviously I'll leave a link to that plan in the show notes so have a look in the show notes because I think it's really started to help me to to visualize how my day is going to be in this scenario as it is now because I had a plan before but that plan is kind of a bit different now to what it was before giving my children at home and I'm homeschooling as well so that having a plan is so important isn't it isn't it Rowena and you know what yeah tell us about that well, yeah, I've developed or just my framework for looking at self-care and it's from my own experience is having those chunks of self-care, that 30, 40 minutes that you do, your Pilates class or yoga class if it's online, your run, your gym, whatever you can manage. And I know we have to you know, be creative maybe with restrictions. And often I would ask people and they'd have a, 
in, in mentoring sessions and they'd have one or two answers and then I'd say but what short activities do you do and they're like what do you mean okay or a lot of parents would say to me I don't have time for 40 <laughs> minutes I don't have any time for self-care and 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 so I would I would help them to see that we all have a minute most of us are living in the first world yeah. we do have a minute if we want to make it and we, we might need to be creative, we might need to plan it, but it's there and you just need to tap into it. But I'm really glad you used the words visualization because that's my interest in psychology and hypnotherapy is why when I work through this self-care for myself and with you, when we talk through these chunks, these little activities, maybe some new activities to explore, I always try and visualize myself doing it. And I did it with you when we were talking about the drumming. So I hope we can use that example. Yes. So I said to you, if you were going to do your little bit of drumming, you probably think, well, if I'm going to do my drumming with, with my son, I need to have it you know, all set up and get ready. And I said, well, what about coming up with like a biscuit tin or something or box that you could drum on? And you went, wow. that's." A, and I said, exactly. That's a five to ten minute fun way of bringing in one little snapshot of drumming into the day. It, so it was a great idea. Is a, is a great idea because I think as I said to you when we t- we spoke about it, when I first started playing the drums myself, that was how it all started. It started with me banging on my lap, banging my knife and fork on the the dining room table, <laughs> and annoying annoying the hell out of my mom. <laughs> so that was such a great idea, you know. So if we were doing more sessions, I would actually tap into that. That was a really positive memory for you. It really, you know, brings up your senses, remembering, tapping. It the really screen. does. It really does. You could share that with your son, but then you can picture yourself doing the old box from a Christmas <laughs> present or the biscuit tin and, and just maybe challenging him into let's have a little go together. And it's about that frequency of, of the activity because that's, because if we try and do the big chunk only, we might fail. Yeah. So if we have the five, ten minute uh, suggestion or, or, or activity that's shorter that we can pull on when we have a really busy day, you can say to yourself, I have, a, I have ten minutes between meetings, I'm going to go out and do that. Tap, 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 etc. And that's, that's where the planning is still really important with self-care. I have to say... The most success I've seen with clients bringing in a good, healthy self-care is where they have built it into calendars and they have looked at that profile and extended it out. But it's, it's, you know, I want to encourage people because every little bit helps. And sometimes you're already maybe listening to a piece of music on a break or perhaps you're picking up a magazine and reading a couple of articles. So what also helps us Alex is to say that intention at the start of doing that Mm -hmm. I am taking a break from work now and I'm going to read those three stories in my favorite magazine yeah there's so much there that I could talk about and I think having somebody to having somebody like Rowena to speak I'm so lucky that I you know found Rowena um, and I'm lucky as well to have other people within my network but that did that didn't come about by chance that came about by you know conversations but all the things that are in your mind, and again, the conversation that you and I had about the drumming, that was something that was the back of my mind, which through a conversation with you, it pulled it out to the front. So I was thinking to myself, 
because previously I was thinking to myself, how am I going to teach my son to play the drums and how can I build that into sort of like my routine? And I was thinking about the complicated things like the practice pad and the, the drumsticks and the stand and setting it up and all this sort of thing. But Rowena was able to just simplify it for me. You know, it was just, it made things so much easier. And so it's important to have the, the, the people who can help you with that, like Rowena. But also, I think another important aspect, Rowena, is um, having somebody to be accountable to for it so that you can actually maintain it, right? Thank you, exactly. And all the psychology we know about making commitments, changing ideas and suggestions into real behavior and habits, exactly that. And that's why it does help to work with someone and, and to link it back to productivity and overall effectiveness and that whole holistic remote worker. I want to highlight something we spoke about as well, Alex. You know, <laughs> I'm using a bit, of, <laughs> a bit of coaching here, but you, you know that taking that 10 minute break and going away and connecting with your hands on the drum and listening to the sound that you're playing out and progressing along that little beat, that that will help you be a better remote worker when you come back to the machine. Yeah. Because, and for anyone who uh, wants, anyone who's feeling a bit skeptical, just even think of what we've lost in commute time, social interaction from being in an office. The thing, like, if you could get a little image here yes. of all that commute time, people grabbing you for a coffee, you going down to the shops, you popping out for your lunch, over here we're in the home only. Mm-hmm. So, so I think there's such gaps there and that's why we have to be. That's the reason for being more intentional. Movement has gone down with homework only. We know that. I mean, productivity has been maintained. But part of being that holistic remote worker is also saying, I need a break. It will make me better if you need to say that to yourself. Yeah. When I come back, I will be more productive. I will be more alert. And, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure to work through with you. But I have to say that the drums, you gave me a really gem of a one, Alex, because drums are so tactile. <laughs> yes. And yeah. It's a really lovely example. <laughs> no, it's good. And it's, like I said, it's, it's simplified things for me. And it's been... Like I said, I'm very lucky to have had you come um, into into my world and at the right moment in time as well to kind of show me that. So that's part of my part and parcel of my routine now. But Rina, um, I really wanted to thank you. I mean, I've got so many more questions that I'd like to ask you, um, but I know we're coming towards the end of time now. So I just wanted to to thank you for your time and just really want to know quickly before we before we wrap up, what's in store for Rowena and what what are you doing at the moment and what should we all know about? Oh, well, I'm developing out some uh, some programs based on what we've spoken about. So the e-learning design or the lecture in me is trying to take all these new learnings in wellness, well-being, the holistic remote worker and bring it into actionable frameworks for an e-learning course or other products. So I'm working on that. In, in the background and just developing out learning every day and, and reacting to the market. It sounds like I really 
and that's why I really enjoy the one-on-ones like we did Alex and really meeting with people and helping them um, as much as possible because it's, it's much more personal than the group mm. session so I do both things but I'm finding that the, the one-on-one is particularly valuable and I'm learning from that as well so just more of all that good stuff and uh, yeah and like people can check me out obviously uh, connect with me on LinkedIn I share regular content as you know and I wanted to finish off by saying thank you to you actually oh Okay. Right? Because special thank you because you gave me uh you gave me a really good piece of feedback when we spoke when you when we did the self care. Mm-hmm. You said I'm gonna speak about that with my son or go through. And I'm actually gonna work out the tem- template to have a family element to it for those home working as well. So maybe we can pop that into the show notes. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be really it would be really useful for people either sharing in a, a home working situation or for families. So we'll do that as well. So thank you for that uh, input pleasure. and feedback and giving me that inspiration. It's been a pleasure, Alex. No, it's been a, a pleasure. And I think at some point we're going to have to have you back on the podcast. But it's been great, Rowena. Um, we'll be listening out and looking out for what you're doing in the future. But until then, um, thanks again. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening.